0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.
1: This is the Victorian Country Hour on ABC Radio Victoria.
2: Good afternoon. You are listening to Emma Field with you for the Country Hour today out of the Gippsland studio. Today on the Country Hour... We're going to be keeping you up to date with the fire situation here in the east of the state as we anxiously wait for the rain to arrive for those fires near Brayagalong and Locksport. It is spitting, I can see, out the window here in sales, so fingers crossed that we get that front that we're hoping for coming through to help with those fires. And we will have the fire authorities on shortly. We're also going to talk about rainfall across the state, where it's fallen and where it's expected to fall. So uh, if you've had some rain today, we'd love to hear from you on the text line. You can text in 0467 842 That's 0467 842 722. Or you can call us 1300 295 1300 295 much to talk about here on the Country Hour, but we are going to start with some rural news with Annie Brown. Good afternoon, Annie.
0: Good afternoon, Emma. Australia currently has no vaccine available to help prevent ticks biting cattle. Vaccines have been developed in other countries and there are a number of vaccine candidates available, but they're yet to be developed. Veterinarian Dr. Johan Schroeder has been an advocate for tick vaccine for years, and he says it's up to the commercial sector to develop a vaccine, but the industry needs to get behind it.
3: We need somebody with deep pockets who can fund this development work. As I say, there are a number of scientific publications of proteins which have been identified as being antigenic or immunogenic against ticks Uh, they need to be tested to make sure what sort of doses which one need Um, there are a number of ticks in Australia now against against which cattle need to be protected Uh, so a broad spectrum vaccine makes absolute sense but it needs to make commercial sense to the, fo- to the industry that's eventually going to take it to market uh, before, it beca- before it can become a reality.
0: Truckies driving some of the key roads connecting South Australia and the Northern Territory say funding cutbacks in SA's Transport Department have left sections in an appalling state, causing vehicle damage and potentially putting tourists at risk. Aaron Luckcraft is a self-employed truckie based at Port Augusta. He runs a triple cattle crate setup, transporting cattle for clients in both states. He travels around two hundred thousand kilometres a year on these roads, and he says they are crumbling fast.
4: It definitely takes its toll on you. Um, I've I've made some phone calls to DPI there, and you know reported sections, and you know they've acknowledged it, and I've got phone calls back, which I appreciate, but they just simply saying the funding's not there, you know, like like the sections there uh, on that Udena data track. It's only just recently been done, but all the fines are blown away. It's just stone and corrugation now, and some of those hills, you find it hard to get enough momentum to get up on top of them. Like, you know, a lot of the weight we're towing is probably 130 ton, and you don't want to be spinning wheels on there because it'll shred your tyres a bit.
0: Farmers have warned the decision to shelve what was to be Australia's longest tunnel through the Blue Mountains will affect food prices. The state government had made clear during its election campaign in March that it would pause the project, and it was officially put on ice in last week's state budget. John Lowe is the chair of the New South Wales Farmers, Business, Economics and Trade Committee, and he's based in Bathurst. He says the decision not to proceed with the tunnel is disappointing and it will impact on motorists, freight movement and consumers.
3: The road over the Blue Mountains is one of our major log jams, a fairly fragile freight corridor these days. Uh, we've got um, Mount Victoria Pass, which is, appears to be geologically unstable uh, with the landslips that haven't been rectified yet. It would have... Um, Speed up that efficiency, uh, made it a more secure and reliable freight route and it would also have been significant fuel savings and wear and tear on trucks coming from the um, central tablelands into the Sydney Sydney district.
0: How much do you know about biocrusts? It's got nothing to do with sandwiches, but it is a unique part of the earth's skin that could be helpful for land management. Because as we enter the summer of El Nino ahead, University of Queensland researcher Dr Wendy Williams says managing and stocking your paddocks with their biocrusts in mind is in your best interest. Biocrust
5: is something that we've all probably seen but not known what it is. So it's the black cover, mostly black cover, on the surfaces of the ground in arid areas and rangeland areas. We're looking at how the biocrusts recover after fire and what we've found is that the early season fires, dry season fires, that are cooler than others have a better result in terms of carbon and nitrogen uptake so from a management point of view if you're able to um, burn earlier in the wet season you would most often get a better
0: result and lastly emma bull riding is pretty amazing but can you imagine doing it at eight years old Well, that is what Cash Kestel did, although he's now an experienced 14-year-old bull rider. He is one of a number of Western Australians to be selected for the World Miniature Bull Riding Championships taking place in the United States this week. And he's about to head off for his first trip outside of Australia.
6: I'm I'm a bit nervous, but really excited as well at the same time, because it'll be a great experience.
2: What's it like to be selected to represent the country?
6: Oh, it's like a real honour. Like, it's real cool, like. I feel real special.
2: One of your friends
0: has also been selected for the stage.
6: Yeah, yeah, my best mate, Kobe McCarthy. Yeah, oh, it'll be like real cool because we've been like best mates forever, and it's just going to be like a real adventure heading over there with him.
0: Best mates sparing each other on at the World Miniature Bull Riding Championships, and that is what is making rural news.
2: Thanks so much, Annie Brown. Good on you, Cash. What a what a little champ! I have to say. Not an occupation I've ever thought about, but uh, it's entertaining for the rest of us. You are listening to The Country Hour. Uh, we are broadcasting live from Gippsland. My name's Emma Field. If you'd like to send us a text today, let us know how much rainfall you've had or if those fires are near your place. We'd love to hear from you. 0467 842, 0467 842 Or you can call us, 1300 295222. Let's start with some fire information now.
0: ABC Radio,
2: Emergency Information. We have 3 emergency warnings in Gippsland Eastern Victoria. There is an emergency warning take shelter now for Seacum and Loch Sport. There is an emergency warning to leave immediately for Fernbank, Glenawadel, Iguana Creek, Stockdale, Wolper, Wood Glen and Lindenow South. This message has been updated and Stratford has been removed from the warning areas. There is an emergency warning to sh- take shelter now for Culloden, Mornapa, Woolanook, Braagalong and Cobanar. To the emergency warning for Seacombe and Locke Sport first Authorities have told us a change, a wind change, is due to hit this fire, which will threaten the Locksport communities. Firefighters have been unable to stop the fire, and it has now crossed the Longford Locksport Road and is moving southeast. This fire is threatening homes and lives. If you've not already left, the time to safely evacuate has now passed. Take shelter indoors immediately. It is too dangerous to leave. The Locksport Marina is the best place to evacuate if you don't feel safe at your house to the braggalong fire now which has grown to seventeen thousand hectares incident controller andy gillam's gillam told us last hour that 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 significant rain won't reach this fire ground until about five o'clock this afternoon there is an emergency warning for culloden moornapper Woolanook. Bragalong and Cobbinar. You need to t- take shelter now if you are in those areas. The bushfire is travelling from Duffy Road in a southeasterly direction towards the Princess Highway Munro and Princess Highway Delvine. This fire is threatening homes and lives. You are in danger and need to act immediately to survive. The safest option is to take shelter indoors immediately. It is too late to leave. There is an emergency warning to leave immediately for For Fernbank, Glenalladale, Iguana Creek, Lindeno South, Stockdale, Walpa, Wood Glen and surrounding areas. But if you are in those areas and you do need to evacuate, an emergency relief centre is open at the Gippsland Regional Sporting Complex. That's 116 Cobains Road in Sale. Or you can go to the Lucknow Oval, which is Uh, Number 64 Great Alpine Road in Lucknow So that is the latest emergency warnings uh, Coming out from authorities We're going to speak now to ABC Gippsland reporter Beck Simmons who's in Golden Beach Uh, Beck, good afternoon Good afternoon Emma So you've been out and about all morning um, Talking to locals about these two major fires That are in the region You're in Golden Beach now What's the situation down there for the Locksport fire?
5: Yeah, so I'm, look, I'm out uh, at, in at front of the Golden Beach general store and so are uh, oh, about eight fire trucks and uh, we've also got lots and lots of fireys waiting for their next direction. Um, look, they've been waiting to see both. They're, they're doing wreckies in and out around the Sea area fire and they are trying to work out if they can actually get their trucks in there. They're also keeping an eye on winds. The wind's recently changed. Uh, and it was quite still here before, but now it's gotten quite windy out here. But what we're really noticing, Em, is that the smoke has just gone crazy. As you can imagine, the sky's turned uh, a dark shade of grey and the smoke from the fire is just... Re- it's really ramped up in the last 20 minutes or so. It looks like it's out towards uh, Paradise Beach, but we understand that, you know they are down to advice level, so they don't think that that will be um, impacted. But it's something that people really need to be vigilant for uh, as we ride out the next few hours. And as Andy Gillum did mention before, 2pm, they're saying is the crunch point. And uh, people in Locksport particularly are uh, sheltering. Lots of people in the pub there at the moment uh, having coffees. I'm not saying... <laughs> in the pub there at the moment, taking shelter... Um, we had heard from the uh, Locksport Caravan Park earlier, and lots of people, particularly older people, uh, stuck there. And we did chat to the food works owner, uh, who lives in Trelawgan but owns the, uh, the Locksport food works earlier. Matt Eady is his name, and he had said that you know he couldn't get through, and he was just trying to monitor things, and he had trucks on standby for as soon as they might let some supplies in, but. I think that's still a fair way off, given that that fire has now crossed the Longford Locksport Road.
2: Yeah, and that wind change, as um, as the authorities are saying, it could be a big concern for Locksport. We've had an unconfirmed report that the Locksport Police Station has burnt down. Have you got any information on that?
5: No, we don't as yet. I'm sorry, Emma. I, I can't give you information on that. Um, we did have. We've been monitoring social media and things, and. I'm concerned, but people are saying, uh, you know, perhaps move cars away from houses, particularly the pub, given how many cars are around the pub, but that doesn't go to say that, you know, that's in direct danger or anything. It might just be concerned community members. We always have to be careful.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a lot going on Locksport. You were out and about earlier uh, in um, Stratford, and uh, obviously the Briagalong fire um, is not threatening Stratford anymore, but uh, communities further um, east of that, Stockdale, Iguana Creek, now Linden yeah. no south. Um, what, what did authorities say or people that you spoke to say about that particular fire?
5: So that particular fire, it was moving towards the Prince's Highway at that point in time. Uh, and the Munro area, Fernbank, Stockdale, Liguana, Craig, all those ones you've just mentioned uh, in your read, um, you know, they needed to be on high alert or, or have evacuated already um, or sheltering indoors. So, look, they, they were concerned that that would hit the highway. As far as I know, it hasn't as yet, Emma, but... I think people are just on high alert. Lots of people have been bringing out. We've seen stock coming on, uh, utes and trailers, and lots of dogs on the back of utes. I'll tell you that um, sheep dogs and that type of thing. We've also uh, seen, and you probably heard earlier, there was a, a station wagon with ten lambs that you know are still being bottle fed. Twenty cats that are part of the breeder's out at that area and. Ten dogs in a horse float, and they were worried about the horses and cows that they had to leave behind.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of concerned uh, folks up in that part that's threatened by the fire at the moment. Beck Simmons from Golden Beach, we appreciate your time. I know it's been busy. Uh, take care. Thanks. That was Beck Simmons, ABC reporter. Reporting in from Golden Beach, um, there is a big fire at Locksport, Sport and as we mentioned before, there's a wind change expected and authorities are very concerned about the town itself. There are people threatening there and it is too late to leave. We're going to hear from uh, Greg Dunsmuir, Dunsmuir now. He's at Briagalong. I spoke with him a, a short time ago. Um, he's got a property north of Briagalong, about 300 metres from where it's suspected the fire started on Sunday near Duffy's Road. The Bragalong fire has tripled in size overnight, fanned by strong winds. Greg had been weaning calves over the weekend, getting ready to sell when the fire started. He's now stuck in Bragalong, unable to get out and check on his livestock. I spoke with him a short time ago and asked him what happened on Sunday when the fire broke out.
7: We were at Lakes and I got a call to um, get home. So we got home and I'd been weaning calves and uh, selling a fair few cattle like most farmers have because of the drought and uh, I'd been weeding calves and uh, so I had to get home and uh, get them yard. So I've been doing that for the last uh, couple of days, yarding them, uh, but this morning, and then letting them out for a drink, uh, but this morning uh, they wouldn't let me pass the roadblock. Um, that was uh, about 10 o'clock
2: um,
7: this morning. Uh, said no vehicles passed here.
2: So, Greg, how far are you from the fire that started on Duffy's Road at Braggalong on Sunday?
7: Uh, uh, well, my property, as I said, uh, borders, uh, Duffy's Road is the border and it would have uh, started, you know, I'd say within 300 metres, uh, which was uh, where the house uh, was lost uh it would have been about three hundred metres from my fence line, although I think it did get into a bit of the my timbered country, but uh, not on the uh, the grassland that at the last time I over there. Uh, could you give me that again, please?
2: Did you have to um, fight the fire on Sunday or yesterday?
7: No, no. The main thing was to uh, we were lucky that the fly fire was uh flowing away at that stage was blowing away from our place and uh You know, we were uh, just busy getting cattle in the yard.
2: So you've got cattle up in the yards at the moment in your property north of Stratford. What's the status of them?
7: Uh, uh, Yeah, well, they're they're (laughs) They're calves that only got weaned last week. Uh, So it's about 110 in the yards there now. Um, And uh, I would like to let them out this morning to get them a drink. But uh, looking up there, this looks as though uh, it's very hard to tell. Where the fire is on this back end of it, but there's a fair bit of smoke going up there now, as though it must be in a bit of uh, whether it's uh, on the back end of the fires. Uh, the way the wind changes must be in this bit of fresh stuff too, because it's a fair bit of smoke coming up there now.
2: Yeah, are you worried at all about your property and uh, about
7: the livestock? Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not worried um, right at the moment, but it only takes a wind change and. As you know, I uh, went to bed last night thinking you know, that uh, we're pretty right, but half past three this morning, the way that wind was uh, roaring roaring around and changing directions, uh, I could still see a fair bit of fire activity uh, from where I live in Briar, uh, up around the edge of my place here somewhere.
2: Have you have any advice from the local fireys about what's happening?
7: With that no, uh, no, uh, I don't. I, you know the uh, way the wind changes are, and that I, you know, I don't know uh, what sort of handle they've got on it. The main, the main part of the fire is obviously over Stockdale um, Way or past Stockdale. Uh, you know, I'm only looking for brag at the back end, back end of the fire where it started. But uh, wind direction, change of wind direction which has been happening could uh, put a new fire front at the, on the, where it started too uh, so uh, to anybody's guess we can't wait and uh, that change with the rain uh, hopefully we're going to get can't come soon enough because it will only be that that puts it out obviously
2: and Greg you said it's been quite dry and you're starting to destock is that right
7: uh, yes yes uh, um well, I think it'd be the same as a lot of farmers you know, got caught last time in the drought and uh, uh, the last uh, three weeks or so, hung on till then, and uh, sold a lot of cows since then. And that's why I've got wean calves, young calves, because they're autumn carvers, and some are only, you know, they're, they're only up to five months, but some are only three months old, but uh, had to get them off the cows and uh, chopper a lot of cows, so... Uh, the older cows, and uh, just keep the young ones, and I've and got the calves. And try and hang on them because they're pretty. Uh, they're not. They're not worth hanging to sell for very little money, and I don't think their job's going to get any better, even if it rains.
2: That was Greg Dunsmuir from uh, Braggalong. I spoke to him a short time ago about um, his property and he's unable to get back there at the moment because of the fire warnings that are out. You are listening to the Victorian Country Hour. My name is Emma Field. Great to have your company today. Lots of text messages coming through. Thank you so much. My text messaging service wasn't working, but uh, Kevin from Myrtleford said they've had 10 millimetres so far. Thank you so much, Kevin. Um, Southeasterly and drips from the west side of Lake West. Wellington says this texter looks like a smoke direction change over Locksport Way. Thank you so much. Uh, David from Coleraine has said seven millimetres overnight, a spectacular sound and light show falling, but uh, so. Seven millimeters overnight in Coleraine with a spectacular sound and light show. Following a total of twenty-six millimeters for September. Thank you so much, David, on the text line. Someone else from Alexandra has said there's twenty mils so far, and it is still raining. It has. It is raining a little bit in Gippsland here in Sale, so we're really grateful for that. We are going to hear shortly from the incident controller at Hayfield, but before we do that, we have uh, David. My goodness, David Reed, I think from. Um, oh, we'll just introduce him. Hold on, I'll see where he is. Beep nope, not that line. I'm going to have to come back to you on that. You are listening to the Country Hour,
1: the Victorian Country Hour on ABC Radio Victoria.
2: Okay, we do have the incident controller uh, on the line, Andy Gillum. Let's see if we can get him up. Andy Gillum, good afternoon. Andy, are you there? Sounds like... Sounds like we've lost him. Apologies about that. Um, This is what happens when you're live on air sometimes. It is is live in the studio. But you are listening to The Country Hour. My name's Emma Field. We have a lot of... um, We have a lot of fire warnings going on here in the uh, region. We'll go through that with the ICC in a minute. That is the sorry, the incident controller. But before we do that, we might head to headlines a little bit early. Will Howard is our reporter in Sale. He's just getting his headphones on now. Will, good afternoon. What's happening across the state?
1: Good afternoon Emma, making news. There are growing fears for Locksport amid predictions strong winds will blow the ongoing bushfire into the township. Access to and from the area has been closed for several hours now after the fire jumped across the Longford Locksport Road. Locals are being warned it is too late to leave and a relief centre has been set up at the Marina Hotel on the boulevard. Meanwhile, police media have confirmed with the ABC earlier reports the local police station had burned down are incorrect. Volunteer fire crews from across outer metropolitan Melbourne and Geelong are travelling to the fire front to assist local units fighting the Braglong and Sport bushfires. Around 2,000 properties in East Gippsland are without power as 650 firefighters work to extinguish the fires. In Briagalong, 17,000 hectares have been burned, with the fire tripling in size overnight. Several schools in the region have also been forced to close. The Nationals have accused the Victorian government of failing to carry out enough fuel reduction burns, saying the bushfires could have been mitigated. Gippsland East MP Tim Bull says the planned burns are crucial for restoring balance to the bush the state government saying his comments are unhelpful. In other news, police will prepare a report for the coroner following a fatal crash in the state's northeast yesterday. Uh, over the weekend. Investigators believe the man was collecting firewood in Bridge Creek at a reserve on Sawpit Gully Road when his vehicle rolled forward and struck him sometime between Saturday and Sunday the 62-year-old man died at the scene and his body was found by police, conducting a welfare check on Sunday afternoon. A nine-day hearing at the Victorian Liquor Commission begins in Melbourne today as part of Dalesford residents' fight to stop a big-name liquor development in their town. Endeavour Group plans to build a Dan Murphy liquor store in Dalesford after receiving planning approvals from Hepburn Shire Council. More than 200 residents lodged objections to the planned store with the Victorian Liquor Commission, which is holding a nine-day hearing for the matter in Melbourne. A letter sent to parents and carers of children who attend the Ballarat Specialist School has revealed a review is underway following media coverage relating to complaints about the school. Last month, a News court publication outlined how parents at the specialist school have spoken out following alleged incidents of misconduct. In the letter, Principal Sam Shepherd says a review is underway and the school is committed to providing a safe learning environment. Emma, back to you.
2: Thanks so much, Will, updating us in the newsroom there. You are listening to The Country Hour. My name's Emma Field. We're going to get a check-in on the fire situation with Andy Gillam, who is the incident controller at Hayfield. Andy, good afternoon.
3: Hi, good afternoon, Emma.
2: Sorry about cutting you off before, Andy. Uh, let's get straight to it. What is the fire situation uh, within the Braga Long area at the moment?
3: Okay, in, in the Bragalong area, the situation, we're just saying it's still very dynamic. The, the, there has been only a very light sprinkling of rain, um, you know, that's a curve which helps with controlling uh, fire moving in grassland, but it won't really do much in the forest or plantation areas. So that Bragalong fire, it's still causing concern in its movement towards the southeast. It's still got a very strong and gusty northwest wind uh, pushing it down towards the, the, um, the Fernbank community. It's still some five and a half kilometres off that community, and we're not expecting any impact on that community, Emma, but it's still very much a, a live, lively fire. It's still very active and it's still causing us concern.
2: That uh, fire that's heading towards Fernbank, what will happen when the wind changes?
3: Yeah, that's all. At the moment, the focus is very much on that head fire that's moving, as I said, down towards those Stockdale plantations and Fernbank. When the wind change comes, we're expecting that to be another very blustery, um, uh, strong wind change. Now, there's been a little bit of easing of those northwest winds, those um, strong winds that we saw this morning. They've been slowly easing off, but the southwest wind change, which is due to sort of affect um, uh, that that Braggalong fire. Somewhere between... uh, The charts are sort of picking it at somewhere between 2 and 5 p.m. It takes quite some time for a change to move across, uh, you know, the the valleys and, and hills of the landscape, so that's why there's such a big window there. But the focus will shift quite quickly to the eastern flank of that fire, and we do expect it to push... Um, and make a, a quite a fast run towards the Bensdale Dargo Road, around the fingerboards, um, and where Beverly's Road sort of intersects. So that will be that will be um, a quite a fast, uh, short-lived run. And then, then we're looking at some more steady rain as the evening progresses, which will give firefighters at least an advantage uh, to, to control this fire.
2: Right, so those communities around the fingerboards should be very much aware that this fire could change when that wind yep. change in the front comes through.
3: That, that's right, and, and those communities, the fingerboards, Iguana Creek, um, uh, you know, up as far as even Treasures, but certainly around the Beverly's Road, we've been talking about this all morning. Um, I'm sure they're well aware what a southwest wind change it does to a long, uh, like a, a large fire that's spread towards the southeast. It just basically turns on itself, changes direction and uh, same intensity, uh, but just a different direction. So we expect it to move, you know, within a kilometre, perhaps even closer to the banfield Road. It just really depends how much rain comes with the change. Uh, The forecast predictions are the bulk of the rain will come, you know, a little bit behind the change. So we'll have northwest dry winds moving south or west-southwest between 2 and 5, and we expect the fire to move until the rain becomes heavy enough to give us or give the firefighters an upper hand to control the edges.
2: You are listening to the Victorian Country Hour. We're speaking with Andy Gillam, the incident controller at Hayfield, about the serious fires that are impacting Gippsland at the moment. Andy, let's move to the Locksport fire. What can you tell us about reports that the Locksport police station have burnt down.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I can say that um, from our intelligence, I can say confidently there's been no structural asset loss in the Locksport community. The fire is still uh, um, in the progress road area for the locals, so it's still a kilometre or more away from the golf course, which is on the uh, western end of town. It's still, you know, some distance from the town itself. We do expect that fire to move closer to the town this, this afternoon when the wind change comes through. The wind change is due through that Locksport fire sometime around 1400, so 2pm. And the thing to watch with Locksport for the people, for the listeners there, is there's a strip, a very narrow strip of vegetation that lies between the main road and the Lake Reeve itself. And there is potential for the fire to move right along that strip and that'll come very close to the backyards of those homes that, 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 um, that, you know, lie on that strip. We don't expect to see a major impact on the Locksport community at this stage based on the fire modelling, Emma.
2: Well, that is something, I guess, Andy, isn't it, for that, for that community? Uh, do you have any idea how big the Locksport fire is at this point?
3: At this point, it's roughly 2,700 um, hectares, uh, and it's got a perimeter of 39 kilometres. So for the locals, uh, pretty much all of, the, all of the bush between Trick Track, which is down at Seaton, right up to Progress Road is burnt, except for, or has been fire affected, except for a small bit of land around um, Swamp Track and Failure Track. So that's the bit of land that we're concerned about because the south-west change will push fire through that quite quickly. And there could be spot fires or ember attack on those, um, you know, that far sort of western end of the Locksport township. The modelling is showing a lot of that will go out into the lake, into Lake Victoria, but that's the concern we've got. And that's why we're bolstering um, CFA and FFM resources with FRV support into the town and we're getting ourselves ready for that southwest wind change.
2: Now, just going back up to the Braggalong uh, fire, do you have any ideas of the size of that fire now? You've done the rec- most recent fire surveys.
3: Look, we're we, we're still working on a size there of seventeen thousand five hundred hectares, thereabouts. With a with a um, or that's got quite a large perimeter. It's got about a hundred and nine kilometre perimeter. It will take ten or so kilometres, but it's it's got it hasn't got a solid mapped edge yet. We're really focusing on the. The southern, um, southeastern, and the eastern flanks. So that, yeah. But it's, but it's, it's a large fire. You're right when you said it, it originally doubled and then doubled again in size, uh, just based on those FBI numbers. We're in the severe range. It's had two very significant fire weather days on that fire. Sunday, uh, when it made its initial run, and this morning. Um, when it moved, or well, overnight last night, but mostly this morning, and it made a significant run to the southeast under those hot, gusty, dry northwesterly winds.
2: Do we have any idea about houses lost at this stage?
3: We, we at this stage, we know there's been um, impacts to property, and we we're saying that there's four structures that we know of that have been impacted, either partially or 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 totally, but not sure whether any of those at this stage are people's homes, but certainly there's been significant impacts on private to private assets. But, yes.
2: Andy Gillam, I know you're busy this afternoon. I appreciate you coming onto the Country Hour. We need to get to the weather and find out when that cold front and the rain is coming, but we appreciate your time.
3: Cool. Thank you, Emma. And please, Vic Emergency, for the latest warnings, please read those and understand those warnings, and, and please... Do what we ask you to do for for people's safety. Thank you, Emma.
2: Thank you so much, Andy Gillum. He's the uh, uh, incident controller at the Hayfield, and we will do another read of uh, emergency warnings uh, in this half hour. But now we're going to go to the Weather Bureau. Senior Forecaster Stephanie Miles joins us. Good afternoon. Hi Emma, how are you? Thank you so much for holding on the line while we went through that fire situation. Um, I guess let's start in eastern Victoria. When uh, do we expect some of those wind changes to happen in this region?
8: Yeah, no worries, Emma. Look, to be honest, I was just listening to the incident controller and I thought he did a fantastic job of explaining it but for those of us who are still a little bit unsure, that wind change is a southwesterly wind change. At the moment, we're still getting northwesterly winds in the eastern parts of Gippsland, still gusting to about 80 to 90 kilometres in some of those areas. It has eased slightly but yeah, look, there is a couple of uh, gusts still sticky around which are quite strong uh, but those northwesterly winds will turn to a southwesterly uh, and it's pretty much associated with a cold front that's or it's actually a low pressure trough which is moving over the state at the moment. Those northwesterly winds will be ahead of it and as it moves through eastwards we get a southwesterly wind change behind it and at the moment that southwesterly wind change will be impacting places like East Sale around the 2pm uh, time period and then moving eastwards along uh, the coast and roughly in about Orbost around 5pm. So that's couple of hours until that uh, southwesterly wind change comes through to those areas.
2: Let's uh, move to the rest of the state now. We have a lot of farmers listening out there who are very keen to hear about uh, forecasts for the rest of the state. Can you fill us in on that?
8: Yeah, absolutely, I can. So I guess uh, we'll just have a look at the rainfall totals which we've had since 9am. We've got roughly, you know, 5 to 25 millimetres across the state. The highest have been around the uh, more elevated terrain in the central and eastern ranges as well. Places like Mount Donabuang, Warburton, Whiteheads Creek and Taggarty have all gotten rainfall totals around 25 millimetres since 9am. So look, some high rainfall totals that are happening at the moment and as I said, we've got our cold front that's moving over the state at the moment. That rain band is more of a northwester southeasterly um, orientation at the moment. It kind of extends from Mildura all the way down to western, southwestern uh, Gippsland at the moment and we'll be continuing to move eastwards throughout the day. So expect rainfall along the eastern ranges to uh, continue and uh, we do have a severe weather warning out at the moment for those damaging wind gusts in that area and also for some heavy rainfall with some totals which might really start to accumulate this afternoon and into the evening. Now for the rest of the... Uh, Uh, I guess for the next couple of days, that trough is really starting to stall a little bit overnight into tomorrow morning, so Wednesday morning, and we will see that rainfall continuing over the central and eastern parts of the state. Uh, Into tomorrow, we actually have a a low-pressure system which is starting to deepen along our Victorian and New South Wales border, which is driving a lot of that rainfall. And as it strengthens, it's also driving... Uh, the, kind of the stagnation of those rainfalls. So we do have a lot of high totals which are in our forecast at the moment but they're not being driven necessarily by you know, a couple of isolated thunderstorms which is usually what we expect but more so just the real slow movement of this system uh, and just continued rainfall over those areas. So that's for tomorrow. By Thursday we continue moving... Uh, sorry, this low continue moving moving eastwards uh, and will be roughly over the southeastern parts of the state by Thursday morning. So the East Gippsland area uh, and through the northeastern ranges will still be experiencing quite a lot of rainfall uh, on Thursday morning as it continues to move eastwards. But by, uh, sorry, in the southwest Stephanie, by the Stephanie, can time-
2: I ask if you got any um, estimates on those rainfall totals? I'm sure people would oh, be course. interested to know. Yep.
8: Yeah, yeah. So for the rest of today, we're really expecting in the central and eastern parts to get anywhere between 30 to 50 millimetres, up to about 70 millimetres in those highest elevated areas. And then into tomorrow on Wednesday, as we see that rainfall continue, we get around two to 10 millimetres in the western parts of the state and really focused on our central and eastern parts with anywhere between 40 to 80 millimetres. And those higher totals really focused in the eastern parts of the state and the isolated uh, higher topography. And then, like I said, on Thursday, it's really that eastern Gippsland and North northeastern ranges, which are getting the highest rainfalls anywhere between 40 to 50 millimetres. So quite a lot coming up in the next few days.
2: We had a question uh, from one of our texters on the line yesterday about what does the ranges mean?
8: Yeah, sure. No worries. Uh, so when we say ranges, we're really talking about the north dividing range. So anywhere from, uh, I guess, east of Melbourne, you can picture uh, north, oh, sorry, Mount do Mount Donabuang, which is a little bit further southeast of Melbourne, but anywhere up through the alpine area, so uh, Mount Buller, Mount Hotham uh, is those highest peaks that we talk about, so really just elevated areas in between, uh, I guess, Melbourne and then also moving eastwards towards our New South Wales border.
2: So it's effectively what we call the high country, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay, are there any warnings we need to know about, Stephanie?
8: Yep, yeah, please be aware that we do have our sea weather warning out for the heavy rainfall and the damaging winds. We also have a flood watch out for most of our uh, central and northeastern and eastern districts as well with a uh, flood watch with possibly isolated moderate moderate flooding expected from this evening and into tomorrow as well. Uh, and other than that, our warnings will continue to come out for the next couple of days, so please keep aware of them as they uh, as this event kind of unfolds.
2: Stephanie Miles, a Senior Forecaster at the Bureau of Meteorology, thanks so much for joining us on The Country Hour. Thank you so much. Everyone stay safe out there. That was the Bureau of Meteorology with the latest on what's happening with weather. Uh, there's been a lot of rain texts come through. Thanks so much for getting in touch. Uh, I'll read a few of those out now. Now, apologies if I get some of these town pronunciation pronunciation's wrong. You know, I live in Gippsland, so I'm pretty good at the, at, the, at the names of locations out here. But 10 millimetres overnight at Bulgana, temperature at 1 a.m., uh, temperature at 1am was 8 degrees, but it jumped to 23.7 degrees at 2am when the rain started. Quite weird, says Chris on the text line. G'day, Emma. This texter says from Nigel in Vespa, um, he says 2.6.2 millimetres in the glass, but I feel another two feet has dropped since reading. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that, Nigel. Uh, 25 mils. Uh, 25.5 mils of rain so far from Ruth from rural Leangatha, 18 mils near Bright so far, wind is picking up now, says Clyde on the text line, 16 millimetres at Blampede from uh, Tony overnight, hope I said that one right Tony, and 22.5 mils from Nullavale. Nullav- from Peter in Nullavale, I hope I said that one right. To Peter and our uh, friend of the ABC of ABC Gippsland, Robbie in Orbost has told everyone please don't drive through floodwaters if that impacts you. You are listening to the ABC Gippsland. We'll find out the latest on the fire warnings now. ABC Radio Emergency Information. We have three emergency warnings in eastern Victoria in Gippsland. There is an emergency warning, take shelter now for Seacombe and Lock Sport. There is an emergency warning to leave immediately for Fernbank, Glenalladale, Iguana Creek, Stockdale, Wolper, Wood Glen and Lindenow South. This message has been updated and Stratford has been removed from the warning area. There is also an emergency warning to take shelter now for Culloden, Moornapa, woolanook K- Kobanar and uh, Bragalong. It, just another update, Bragalong has been removed from this warning area. For anyone that's in the emergency warning areas, The the emergency warning for Seacombe and Locksport Incident Controller Andy Gillam told us just now that a change is due to hit these fires which will threaten the Locksport communities. Firefighters have been unable to stop the fire. It has now crossed Longford Locksport Road and is moving towards the south-east. This fire is threatening homes and lives. If you have not already left, the time to safely evacuate has now passed take shelter indoors immediately it is now too too dangerous to leave the locksport marina is the best place to evacuate if you don't feel safe at your house. To the Bragalong Fire now, there is an emergency warding for Culloden, Moornappa, Wollanook and Cobbinah to take shelter now. The bushfire, which started at Duffy Road, is moving in a south easterly direction towards Princess Highway, Munro, and Princess Highway, Delveen. This fire is threatening lives and homes. You are in danger and you need to act immediately to survive. The safest option is to take shelter indoors immediately. It is too late to leave. There is an emergency warning to leave immediately for Fernbank, Allerdale, Iguana Creek, Lindenow South, Stockdale, Walpa. Wood Glen and surrounding areas. If you are leaving or if, if you have already left those regions, there are two emergency relief centres that have been sent up. One is at Sale at the Gippsland Regional Sporting Complex on Cobanes Road, and the other is at the Lucknow Oval, 64 Great Alpine Road at Lucknow. That is the latest fire information that uh, is coming through. Um, You are listening to the Victorian Country Hour. My name is Emma Field. Great to have your company this afternoon.
1: On ABC Radio Victoria, this is the Victorian Country Hour.
2: Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about how dry it's been in East Gippsland, but there have been a few more text messages come through on the line, um, and I'll try and get to them as best I can. There's, if, but if you would like to send us a message, uh, 0467 The rain is starting to arrive in Gippsland today, and it comes after record-breaking dry stretch Bureau of Meteorology predicts more than 100 mils could fall in East Gippsland over the next few days. Chris Nixon is a beef and dairy producer at Orbost. Fiona Broome spoke with him and started by asking him if he's had any rain this spring. Uh,
9: No, spring's been very, very dry. So we're down into the lowest one percentile. That has continued. We've had very little rain in september and august so it's very ordinary
2: we spoke back in august i think it was and you said that your plan was to start destocking if you didn't see any rain through august have you gone ahead with that plan
9: uh yes we have so far we've sold nearly uh, nearly 600 head of cattle uh both beef and dairy and try to take a bit of pressure off the system uh i've got another 140 head going this next week even if it does rain, I'll still sell the cattle. We are expecting between 50 and 150 mil of rain in this next week. So uh, hopefully we get something out of all that. But if it, doesn't, if it doesn't rain and it stays dry, we're still in very deep trouble. So uh, destocking will continue well so we can get down to a number that we can run without having to buy any feed.
0: So even if there is a bit of a soaking across the week, that's
2: sort of not going to change your plans longer term?
9: No, it won't. Uh, one shower doesn't make a... Doesn't make a spring, so um, we, we'll 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 still take a cautious approach and destock stock a bit further and just see you know if I can stop selling cows cows that would be good. We are going to sell um, some younger stock this 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 week and hopefully hopefully it rains and I can run what I've got without too much drama from here on in. So-
2: that was Chris Nixon. He is an Orbost farmer speaking with Fiona Broome about the really dry conditions we've had in East Gippsland. Now, speaking of uh, Gippsland, we have David Reed on the line. He's a farmer at Perry Bridge, which is south of Bragalong Fire and over the lake from the Locksport Fire. Good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon, Emma.
2: David, sorry about cutting you off earlier. Um, I appreciate you giving us a call back. Uh, what's your situation at Perry Bridge?
4: Um, we... Uh Um, The smoke all morning has always been slightly to the east of us, so we've been reasonably comfortable that the fire wasn't going to impact us.
2: Um, And I understand you're a captain of the Perry Bridge CFA. What are you hearing from your um, volunteer colleagues in that brigade?
4: Um, At the moment, they're busy up at the Stockdale area, um, and I haven't tried to make contact with them because they've got a fair bit of work to do so we'll leave them to do their stuff and, and we'll do ours and we'll um, we'll liaise with them a bit later on at the end of their shift.
2: I understand you're looking after your sister-in-law's property this morning. What have you been doing there?
4: Um, I'm here at the moment. Um, it's We've got an interesting situation where we're protecting.
2: And uh, are you expecting a bit of rain there at Perrybridge?
4: Yeah, it's still unsure, but it's somewhere between fifty and hundred.
2: And do you still often you, do you often flood at that location at your two properties there?
4: Uh, we we have one hundred and fifty acres of uh, flood country on the Avon River that we're expecting will flood. and We get some minor, little low level flooding on the other places, but nothing to concern about. At the moment, I'm at Loo overlooking the Locksport fire, which is a bit of a concern at the moment because it's taking a run towards the east at the moment.
2: Uh, that's which fire, the Locksport fire? The, the
4: Locksport fire, yeah, I'm about mm. 10 k's away from that at the moment. Now I'm seeing a large plume. It seems to be affected by a bit of a westerly wind change ahead of the southwesterly change and it's now heading quite aggressively to the east.
2: I mean, obviously, that's not going to impact you because you've got a lake in between now and then, but it must be a bit of a concern for the residents and community around there.
4: Yeah, yeah, we're just, yeah, thought to with them and wishing them all the best because it doesn't look like it's in a good condition at the moment.
2: David Reed from Perry Bridge, thanks for joining us on the Country Hour. No worries, thank you. Thanks for your time. You are listening to the Victorian Country Hour. We're coming up very quickly on markets. Um, but just to confirm, we did say earlier there were unconfirmed rumours about the Locksport Police Station, it has not burnt down. There were no reports. Uh, that is completely untrue at this stage, as far as we know. Uh, one of the text lined, Thanks, Rusty, for getting in touch. Currently in Stratford, Briag Road, and it's starting to rain. Send it down, Huey says Rusty, and I have. We absolutely all agree with that. But let's get to markets now. <laughs> First up, we've got Leanne Dax with Wodonga Cattle. Good afternoon. Numbers were similar, with 1,130 yarded. The usual
0: spring buyers attended the sale, and all were looking to make purchases after the long weekend. Bidding was notably stronger for all well-finished trade and heavy export stock. Planter cattle struggled, showing cheaper trends. Veal prices lifted 30 to 60 cents. The pick of the veal, 250 to 399. Trade steers are up 20 to 30 cents, 240 to 280. Feeder steers too few to quote 150 to 190. Stock returning to the paddock sold from 50 cents to $1.98. dollar ninety-eight. Trade heifers one sixty-seven to two seventy, lifting twenty. Heavy grown steers and bullocks jumped twenty cents, one ninety to two sixty-eight. Heavy cows were ten to twenty cents dearer one forty-eight to one seventy-nine. Lighter cows
2: surged ahead fifty cents, one dollar ten to one fifty-five. I'm Leanne Ducks for MLA. Thanks so much, Leanne. We're going to move into Victoria Shepparton Cattle with Nicole Varley.
6: Good afternoon. Well, we had 415 export cattle and 290 trade cattle on offer at Shepparton, a much smaller yarding as numbers almost halved, partially due to a backlash against the hefty price falls of the previous week and also a rebound off the public holidays in Victoria and New South Wales. An overcast morning with a few showers falling during the sale. A full composition of buyers were at the rails. Price trends varied, but overall showed an upward trend on the cattle sold. The trade cattle were mainly forward store condition. The best of the vealers made from one hundred eighty nine to two seventy nine. Yelling steers two dollars to two seventy five. Yelling Heifer portion one seventy to two sixty two. They were twenty to thirty cents better. The 500 to 600 kilo Euro steer portion made to 260. 600 kilo plus steers range from 210 to 263. A bit more interest in the growing heifers. They lifted by seven to eleven cents, made from 155 to 249. Heavy dairy cows 120 to 155, to average around 143 for the D ones, and the beef cows two to six cents better, and made from 155 to 184. Listen to Carl Varley from Shepparton.
2: Well, that was a bit of of a better report than we had last week, only just. Uh, Finally, let's go to Ballarat Lambs with Shiona Lam.
10: Good afternoon. Agents penned 11,000 lambs with over half the yarding new season sucker lambs. The quality improved across all weights and grades. There were more buyers present and extra restocker activity on the rail in a market that opened dearer and remained stronger throughout the sale. New season lambs back to the paddock gained more interest this week with buyers paying $37 to $78 for the lighter weights and $86 to $116 for the lambs with more weight and shape. Lambs to the trade, 18 to 22 kilos, sold 78 to 108. 22 to 26 kilos made 109 to 143 to be 12 to 15 stronger, and sales reached to 20 dearer in places. Old season lambs to the trade under 18 kilos, sold 25 to 82, gaining $5 a head. Lambs 18 to 24, sold 89 to 120 to be 10 dearer. Heavy export lambs selling 134 to 170 to be 25 dearer in places. Sheep numbers also increased to 6,700. Merino Weathers, 25 to 60, gaining $20. Merino use 16 to $57 a head to be 15 dearer. And Heavy Crossbred Mutton, 33 to 70, to be 10 to 20 stronger and more in places. This is Shiona Lamb at Ballarat for MLA. Thanks
2: so much, Shiona. Um you know, we, we wish those prices would come up a bit. But you are listening to the Victorian Country Hour. My name's Emma Field. We are getting some text through uh, this one. I'm unable to download the Vic Emergency app, apparently due to the fact I have a new 5G Android phone. You might like to ask the government what they intend to do about this before someone dies because of their not usable app. Uh, As always in an emergency, the ABC does a wonderful job. I'm at Painesville, but two of my children live on the Bragg Stratford Road. Thank you so much for that text that came in. And another one from um, Mal. Mal from Allendale had 44 millimetres. Thunder and lightning, and the lightning struck his tractor. Can you believe that? Sorry to help you. I hope you're alright out there, Mal. Um, Bruce uh, from Bedwell Station, Rustworth, got seven millimeters. How much rain to come? I hope the Bureau talked about that in the cross we had. He says he needs a bigger shearing shed to fit all the sheep in. Fair enough. Um, Barry at Kyabram got one millimetres so far, 13.5 for September. It's been great to have your company. It's now time for news. It's one o'clock.